Time's a charm. Thank you, Garth, sir. That was great. Shofar blowing skills on display right there. We should all be practicing up this week. Many things, including our shofar blowing abilities. Thank you, Beth, for leading this morning. That's a lot of work. Thank you, Bonnie, for reading. Even if you can't understand what she says, just that spoken word of that holy language just is infusing everybody with holiness. So you're just absorbing that. Okay, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer before we begin. Avino, our Father, we thank you for this Shabbat. We thank you for sustaining us, bringing us here to this place. We come before you this morning for the well-being of some of the uh, people that we know and love. We pray for Jessica's mother, who has been healing, but she still is, um, could use some mental health and physical healing of her hands. So we just lift up Jessica's mother in prayer this morning that you be working within her life. We ask for prayers for our expectant mothers, for Leah and for Amanda, that their babies be healthy and that their, their delivery would be easy and quick and that the health of both mom and baby um, would just be uh, something that is a blessing to everyone. And we pray for our brother, Harry Kineska, as he's healing from his uh, sunburns, that would, healing would be quick, and uh, that he's, uh, we'll be back in the swing of things full, so we're lifting up Harry um, in prayer this morning. And finally, we pray for the Guillen family, that Amanda's mother is um, not doing, not in the great health, and that this is a very um, difficult time to go through in life. So we're praying for Amanda and um, her family and just keeping them lifted up in prayer for peace and for understanding during the most difficult times in life. Um, you, Adonai, you're the source of peace, healing, wellness, everything that's good. It's our prayer that your hand is in the lives of these people and others that um, I haven't prayed about this morning who may be suffering silently. You know who, who they are, Lord, and we ask that you work in their lives to give them healing and peace. Finally, I pray that what I have to share this morning is encouraging and helpful and something that glorifies you and your kingdom. We thank you and bless you for all things. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. So this is, uh, well... Uh, good morning. Welcome, everybody, to our visitors. Um, we even have a lot of people that listen online. So if you're listening online, whenever you're listening to this and wherever you are, I pray you are blessed. Um, got a double portion today. We are one week away from Rosh Hashanah. And so it's, I think it's time to make one final push, right, for Heshbon Hanefesh, the accounting of the soul. David talks about this quite a bit. With uh, seven days left, it's time to, um, including myself, get a little serious about that. The sages teach, this is, I'm talking about Rosh Hashanah here next week. The sages teach that on this day, all the inhabitants of the world pass before God like a flock of sheep and that there's a heavenly court that convenes, and they decide who will live and who will die, 
who's going to be rich and poor, who shall fall and who shall rise. So it's one week left until court. Has anyone ever been like a defendant in a criminal court case? You should confess sins to one another. We can start today. Nobody. <laughs> That's a very uncomfortable thing. I mean, number one, you're at the mercy of the judge. There's that. There's everyone's in the courtroom is looking at you and judging you. The judge is rattling off a list of things that you did. And you can just feel the eyes upon you. It's not just the judge judging you, but all the witnesses in the room are also making assumptions and judging you too. Very unsettling, very embarrassing to go through that. But that's just the end of a legal process. We need to back up a little bit because you don't just get arrested and get thrown in front of a judge. There's a process here, right? There's preparation before you get to court. You get a lawyer. One thing you do when you get a lawyer is you should, if you're a smart defendant, confess your sins to your lawyer because your lawyer is going to be the one standing as a mediator between you and the judge. So you meet with this guy, you have to confess with him, confess to him everything that you've done. And then he's going to tell you about court procedure and about court etiquette, where you should stand, what they're going to say, I'll tell you when to talk, but kind of give you an idea of what it's like, what the judge is like. And then he's going to tell you to draw up a plan. You're going to have to, at some point, speak. You're going to have to tell the judge how sorry you are efforts uh, that you've done to show restitution, perhaps, or maybe you're going to some kind of counseling, plans to make a life better, pleas for mercy. There is preparation that you need to do ahead of time. That way, when you get before the judge, you're not left severely unprepared, lest you get a worse sentence. So the preparation that we do is very important. Because one day we will all see the judge. Romans 14.10 says, Each one of us shall give an account of himself or herself to God. And so all our deeds, both good and bad, are going to be judged one day. And not just the serious misdeeds, but something that might even seem trivial. Yeshua tells us um, that on the day of judgment, men will give an account for every careless word they speak. Even careless words. And that's a little intimidating because these lips here have uttered not only careless words, but much worse. Nevertheless, I will have to account for them. Once again, the accounting of the soul this week in preparation for court, in preparation for that judgment, is a great exercise to go through. Even in this week's Torah portion, we're not going to get into it a lot. I'm, to tell you the truth, saving a lot of it for the next couple weeks because these closing chapters of Deuteronomy have a lot to do with the, uh, the message of the prophets. They have a lot to do with uh, Yeshua's life and his reign and his resurrection. His returning as king is all overlapping. There's so much there I was um, enticed into getting into. And I was like, nope, i got to save that for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, because it's about preparation this week. This week, at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, 
Moshe warns the people, if there's even a single man or woman among you who's gone into idolatry, you need to find them out like a bitter root. And so even though at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, there's a national covenant that's given to the nation, every single individual is important, and even one single individual can have a devastating effect on the community. That's why every single person needs to take part in this process of uh, introspection. That way we can all present ourselves before the court in um, the best posture we can. Um, salute. There's an exercise that I think might be helpful. I'm going to cut right to the practical application this week. Um, thanks, I've got to give thanks and credit to David Martinosi for this. It's a how-to exercise. Soul accounting in five steps. I'm going to do this. Tonight, I'm going to begin this project. I, it was about 1 o'clock in the morning this morning that I came up with this, that I came across this in my emails, and I thought, this is great. Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, gives a relevant parallel to the accounting of the soul, and it has to do with the account and balance sheet that businesses create every year. The account and balance sheets are not necessarily just for the IRS. What does the store owner do? Just because his store is full of people or empty of people at certain times doesn't tell him anything, whether he has profits or losses. He has to come up with a proper balance sheet to know whether that year was profitable or not. It's the same thing with us, and this is how it goes. Step one, draw two large squares on a piece of paper. The first one, me and God, the second one, me and my fellows. Step two, in the me and the God category, write down all the mitzvot that you've done, the commandments, maybe Shabbat observances, things like that, that you do in your spiritual life and the degree to which you did them, because you're gonna have to judge yourself a little bit and be honest with yourself about how you've been doing some of them things this year. Is there a profit or is there a loss? And then in the other category, you write down some of your relationships you have with your spouse, your children, your friends, your buddies from work, whatever that looks like, and whether those relationships have been good, whether you've distanced yourself, whether you've done something that maybe you're better off not doing with these people, and you write down maybe profit, loss next to those names and have some notes there. That's step twos and threes as the me and God and me and my fellows. Step four is where it really starts to get practical. After you write this down, and it needs to be written down, ask yourself, how can I do better and improve on the losses? And actually write down some ideas. And the last step is taking it to the next level and looking at the inner workings of your soul and what do you think ultimately causes the profits and losses, particularly the losses in your life, and how can you um, re resolve them? I should shoot this off in an email to you guys. And you see, that's, I was thinking about that on my way in this morning. 
is that's one area maybe I have shown a little loss at this past year is communication with everyone. That's one loss I'm thinking of in my head. I'd like to turn it into a profit, metaphorically speaking, P-R-O-F-I-T, loss and profit. I mean, we all know how powerful writing can be. The exercise promises to be something, I think, that can leave an impression, something that's helpful, because it's one thing to have these thoughts in your mind about how I should, I should know I should, shouldn't be doing this, or I have a weakness of here. But when you, I think when we put it on a piece of paper and we write it out, and that is like a little witness staring back at you of your own life, I think that is going to have a greater impact and yield a little bit sweeter fruit during this week, last week, of uh, really looking at our own lives. I think it could be a great tool to help us prepare ourselves so that when we get into the high holy days, which are days away, we are ready to harness the opportunity that awaits us. Because there's a lot of opportunity coming up in the next few weeks that only comes around a few times a year when God's holiness is a little bit closer and there's a little bit more to tap into and there's momentum there to help us improve our lives and understand um, not only a little bit more about ourselves, not only understand the Torah a little more or God's uh, word a little more, but also be encouraged and uh, hopeful that our king is coming soon to deliver us. And um, that encouragement is something that... um, we can tap into on a little higher level during the high holy days. We'll get into that, but before, we need to be sure we're preparing ourselves. Preparation, before you see the judge, before you go to court, is the mode we should be in this upcoming week. May we all be blessed as we seek to align our walk with him. Shabbat shalom.